Hello, and welcome to Meditations from Middle Earth. My name is Strider, and I'm a Christian worker here in where I call Middle Earth. We love to meditate on God's Word, and He's given us so many unique and rich experiences here in Middle Earth, and I'd like to share those insights with you here on Meditations from Middle Earth. Today I would like us to walk through Guido II's excellent ladder again. And uh, as we recall his, his ladder and Guido uh, being out in his garden visioning as he's gardening this Jacob's ladder that he had read about in the morning and thinking about this ladder with four rungs and the first rung being Lexio Divina or the divine reading. So reading scripture and hearing what God has to say through it to you personally. Then moving from, from Lexia Divina into Meditatio, which is meditation. And on meditation, meditating on the scripture and, and hearing God's voice and, and seeing that he has a specific message for you today that the ancient text with full of, of meaning and a firm foundation for our faith is actually speaking to us today. It's alive and breathing. And then moving from meditation into aura or prayer. And as we pray, we, we unburden ourselves with the things that have taken up the space that, that belongs to God alone. And as we unburden ourselves and we lay those things uh, at, at, at the cross of Christ, asking him to deal with all the things that are beyond us, all the ways that we've been called to love those that he's calling us to be, come alongside, people in our family, our neighbors, people that we come into acquaintance with, people that are at work, people that are out there in the world who are suffering with difficulties that are much greater than we can solve. We can't fix everyone. And so we take all those struggles and trials and difficulties, tragedies, and we lay them at the foot of the cross. And then we take up and praise and worship of God. And as we as we're praying and we're being thankful for all the ways that he's speaking into our lives, the way that he's sustaining us with his constant love that is just flowing out from him day by day by day by day in an unceasing flow of sustaining us in with his presence, with his voice, the universe continues to be. And all that we are, we move and and operate and live in him and we give thanks to God for these things and we're overwhelmed with his love and his presence uh, we complete a cycle of, of beginning with letting go of all the things that fill us with anxiety and hatred and anger and despair and we and once that's empty we we fill up with hope and love and faith and so once we come into that place, then we're ready to sit quietly in his presence and soak in his love and mercy. 
soak in his beauty and his holiness and simply be in his presence the way that that lovers uh, can sit and not talk we're always talking and uh, we're always thinking and our minds are rarely still and this is not good for us on a psychological human level and it's not good for us on a spiritual eternal level and so as we as we sit in his presence and just imagine in our, in our mind's eye, we see him sitting next to us and we're happy to just be together. Sometimes I like to um, picture myself sitting in a place. So as I'm sitting in contemplation and contemplative prayer, I, I might go to what uh, Richard Foster calls the quiet center. Uh, my quiet center has changed over the years. Uh, the place that I like to go now is there's a river that comes down and it divides and it leaves a little island with two trees. And the island is a grassy knoll sitting between the two streams and the two trees offering abundant shade. But it's not dark. It's quiet. There's birds. There's the sound of the gentle stream rushing down on either side. And I sit on the grassy knoll, and this is just a place in my mind's eye. And as I sit there, I can contemplate and just be with the Lord. So I encourage you to develop a quiet center, a place that you can go to even when you're in a, bl- a busy street, a place you, you can go to when, when life is so overwhelming when the cares and the troubles of this world just seem to catch up to you and evil and hatred just seem so dark and you can sit and go to your quiet center. It is both a, uh, as I said, a psychological reality that uh, this is uh, good for you, a good place to go and be quiet, uh, even with, with the world being noisy around you. And it is good spiritually. Because we need to make space for the Lord to speak into our lives. If we're always talking and never listening, how, how, how will we hear uh, the voice of love that is speaking? The hatred, the violence, the anger, it's so loud. And so we want to take a a time to uh, sit quietly with our beloved and to know that he's there, and to just sit and listen to the silence. Lovers don't need words. They can sit quietly with each other and be satisfied, and be at peace, and find joy and happiness there without intellectual conversation, stimulation, without physical touch even. And so without physical stimulation and without mental stimulation, the beloved can sit with each other and just be. And so we want to be with God. And that's what contemplative prayer becomes. So today, uh, let's walk through that. And I'd like to begin walking through that with our Lexio Divina. And the Lexio is, is this. And in Mark chapter 10... James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come in in verse 35 and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us 
whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. I want to think about and meditate on what it means here in verse 38 as Jesus says, You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? Can you drink the cup? Henry Nouwen made this a book, and he talked about his wonderful little book, book full of grace in Christian ministry. And he talks about drinking the cup, the cup which is a cup of suffering, the cup which is a cup of joy, the cup which is a cup of life. Today I'd like to look at, as I reflect on this, I'm, I'm looking at the cup as a cup of suffering. Because that's what Jesus was offering to them. He's shortly before he's to go to the cross, they're asking him, uh, for these positions of power on either side of his great throne. But they do not understand where his throne is or what is the nature of love itself. The nature of love is self-giving, and Jesus has come to give of himself completely. And as he lays down his life utterly, as he drinks his own cup he drinks it down to the dregs. He finishes it off, and he finishes it well. He teaches. He loves. On the cross, in despair, crying out, O oh God, why have thou forsaken me? As he comes to that place of grief and anguish and pain and suffering, he yet offers to the thief, on the cross there in, in Luke, we see him offering forgiveness. Today you will be with me in paradise. You see him offering forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We see him offering his life for the world. This is such a powerful image. An image of a man who's been unjustly treated. A man who has been degraded, dishonored, spit upon, beaten, and he gives his life to the end in love and in grace. He drinks the cup all the way down to the dregs. And his disciples, having no idea that this is the cup that they're asking for, say to Jesus, we want to go where you're going. We want to be with you in the position that you're going to have. And what a, what a powerful misunderstanding they have. And yet they do indeed drink the cup. We know that James is the first 
apostle to be killed. And is, he's killed by the sword early on. John, on the other hand, is the only apostle not to be killed. The only one of Jesus' disciples who doesn't face violent death. He lives a long, long life and dies somewhere around 100 AD, some ab about 70 years after this proclamation that he can drink the cup. And 70 years later, 70 years of trial and struggle, 70 years of drinking that cup, he finally dies in exile. So it's interesting, the two different ways that these guys drink the cup. One, the, the quick martyr. And we can think about who, whose cup was easier. Was it easier to be slain quickly? Was it easier to die to yourself every day for another 70 years? I don't know the answer to that. My own story seems to be filled with crucifixions. I complain sometimes that Jesus only went to the cross once, but I seem to need to go to it again and again, as I have to lay down my life again and again. I keep taking it up again, you see. I keep trying to get a hold of my life, live my life for myself, and then having to turn right around and lay it down again. So I guess I myself could also say to Jesus, can I drink the cup? As he offers it to me again, and I say, yes, I can drink it. So full of confidence, knowing that I have walked with him, that he has walked with me, that he is present with me, and filled with confidence, I can say one more time, oh yes, I can do it. But it gets so bitter down at the bottom. The cup of suffering is a difficult cup, cup to take. And yet, it's without suffering, there is no joy afterwards. We can't get to growth. We can't get to love without giving away. We can't fill our cup with the joy of his presence, his love, his life, unless we empty our cup of our sin, our selfishness, our self-centeredness. It is only in giving that we can receive. And it is only in dying that we can be born to eternal life, as the prayer of St. Francis concludes. And so, with this reflection on the cup of suffering, I would like to move into prayer this morning. And I would like to pray and then read a verse of Scripture. And then, as I read this verse from Revelation 3.20, and it'll be an invitation for us to sit in cont contemplation. I'll only put 30 seconds of silence on here, because more than that would be odd on a podcast. But I would encourage you to, to pause the recording and sit in silence for as long as you are able. And then when the voices return, when the uh, world reintroduces itself into your heart, mind, will, and emotions as, as, as you just come fully present back into uh, what's going on around you, then you can say, okay, I've sat in silence long enough, and the Lord is asking me to re-engage. 
And if that's two minutes or five minutes or ten minutes or a half an hour, just take joy in whatever grace he gives you to sit in silence with him today. And then we'll conclude after that with the Lord's Prayer. So let's move to prayer now. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your presence with us today. And right now today, I bring to you the cares and the worries that I have for this world. Cares for my family, for my children. They all have their various struggles, and I lay them down at your feet. Care for my wife, for her health, for her walk with you, and I lay those things down at your feet. I care for my own self, for my own health, for my own walk with you, and I lay those things down at your feet. I care for my nation, for the turmoil, for the despair of so many, and I lay it all down at your feet. I care for the people that you've called me to come and serve. I think about their names. I think about their conditions. I think about their troubles and their trials and their sorrows. And I lay them down at your feet. And Lord Jesus, I think about your love and your grace. I am so thankful. Thankful for a warm place to be on a cool November morning. I'm thankful for my family that gives me so much joy. I'm thankful for this country that you've called me to come and be in, who is so hospitable. I see so much of your love coming through them to me, and I'm grateful, Lord, for every moment that I can walk here and serve here and feel your presence and see you at work in the lives of others. I'm thankful for the gift of yourself to me, the way you are self-giving, even when I am so selfish and so ill-deserving of anything you have to give me. And Lord, with that, I want to move to contemplation, to just sit with you and thank you, Lord, for the privilege of just being in your presence. Amen. Revelation 3 and 20 says, Listen. I am standing at the door, knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you, and you with me. Open the door. Let's pray together. Our Father who are in heaven, holy is your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us and lead us not into temptation 
but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory, both now and forever. Amen. This has been Meditations from Middle Earth. May God be your ever-present teacher and richly bless you on your journey.